0: Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group podcast. I'm your host, David Bellary. Today is an extra special episode. Joining us from LinkedIn Canada is Jennifer Urbanski. She is the government and consulting lead at LinkedIn. And joining me in the conversation with Jennifer is Kevin Hayes, the digital media strategist here at Phoenix Group. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Well, Welcome, Jen, and welcome, Kevin. Hi, thanks for having me. Jen, welcome to uh, Regina from Toronto.
2: Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. You,
1: uh,
0: thanks for being on the podcast. And uh, this is a, a historic because it's our very first podcast where we have three people. So hopefully oh, this wow. doesn't get, you know, awkward. Yeah.
2: Oh, this is historic for me, too. I've never been to Regina before. So What? Yeah.
0: Well, welcome to Regina as well. Thank you. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at LinkedIn?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I have worked at LinkedIn for about two years, and I actually lead all of our government business for our marketing solutions group. So that includes federal, provincial, some municipal, where we scale, if you think of LinkedIn, um, scale is is a consideration, so some municipal, and then all crown corporations as well. So it's a big big job. Um, What's interesting, when I first started a couple years ago, the government space, the government vertical with us wasn't really too developed. So uh, it's been, you know, kind of a scrappy couple of years with a lot of education um, going and just having a lot of meetings and educating people on, on LinkedIn's value proposition. So
0: now LinkedIn has evolved a lot in the last mm-hmm. few years and uh, continues to evolve. But for a lot of people, it's still the resume site. So what how do you describe LinkedIn now?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, and, and certainly when it comes to, um, you know, especially the government space, but of course across private sector as well, there's a lot of, of people and clients who still think that LinkedIn is a place that people go just to find jobs. Uh, and so a lot of the education now is how that is not true whatsoever. You mm-hmm. know, there's a great stat that I like to throw out um, that people are eight times more likely to uh, consume content in our news feed than they are to ever go and look at a, a job board oh. uh, or job posting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's how I would describe LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is really all about content. It's all about that newsfeed environment, the same way you're going to see on other social sites. Um, the most important uh, differentiation when it comes to our newsfeed environment is the type of content and the mindset that people are in when they're visiting LinkedIn. You know, these are professionals. They know when they're logging onto LinkedIn, they're in a little bit more of an invested, aspirational mindset. They know the content's gonna be a little heavier, a little more serious in nature. Um, and so that's really what sort of differentiates um, the type of content that you'd see on our platform, the engagement that you would have. Uh, and that sort of thing.
0: Now, you'll probably hate this, but I've heard it called the Facebook of business, Uh, whether that's true or not, but how are, are, are people consuming it like that?
2: Yeah, absolutely, I mean, I, I hate it in the sense that hate's a strong word. I shouldn't say that, but you know, I hate it because it's like all of a sudden, if, if you were saying to Coke, like, Oh, you're, you're like Pepsi, but only you have a red yeah, can, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like calling out the competitor. Um, so, but I think what's interesting with that comparison is I do actually like to bring that up to help people understand how easy it is to use and, and to find that reference point. Like the reality is most people have Facebook. Um, I don't, I'm like one of the few people in, in the world, world or the country that doesn't have Facebook. But it's like, yeah, the same newsfeed environment that you'd expect to see on another social platform, that's what our environment's like now. Liking, commenting, sharing connecting to people, all of the the same things, you know, when it comes to marketers posting content, the same way that you share links, uh, and amplify that content out to a target audience. It's all the same functionality. And so I do find that uh, that actually helps to ease people into this new world, uh, that is LinkedIn.
0: I've, uh, sorry, I'm not going to let you talk at all. Cameron, sure. So. <laughs> Why on the wall. <laughs> so um I love LinkedIn and I love um I love the networking aspect of it. So one thing that I've found really interesting and and maybe I get you to talk about it a little bit or how what your experiences is with it. But for instance, when you do comment or interact with somebody who's maybe posted something, uh it's a really um I don't know, energetic or vibrant environment, like people start to have great conversations and you actually do network. It's this, it's this uh, version of, um, or this promise of LinkedIn actually coming true in that you do make connections and start to have conversations with people.
1: There's also a low tolerance for uh, personal posting such as you would see on Facebook, such as you uh, see people start posting cat videos and the community (laughs) will start uh, crowd spanking uh, those people who are posting non-business related Um, uh, content and so it's really self-regulating and self-policing which I think is one of the reasons that LinkedIn has uh, continued on as a a valuable place for business because the community uh, polices itself and keeps the the business content high.
2: Yeah, and that's something that we talk to a lot of our clients about, especially if you if you consider that I'm in government. You know, there is that risk aversion when you're posting content. Um, sometimes, and Kevin, you know this from some of the past clients that you and I have worked on together um, around oil and energy and, and some of the messaging coming from, government groups. um, There's this fear that, you know, on certain platforms there's gonna be trolling and there's gonna be a lot of, you know, immature commenting or or harassment and these sorts of things. And the self-policing on LinkedIn is a a huge benefit to our clients and our members. You know your boss is gonna see something, you know your clients and your contacts are gonna see what you are writing. And so there is a a lot of self-policing, which is awesome. On the the networking side, I have been using LinkedIn as a member since 2009. So I've been super, super passionate about the platform long before I was paid to mm-hmm. be passionate about it. Um, and I've always uh, talked about how networking, um, the people that you meet, it's kind of like a lottery ticket, right? They, somebody that you meet can change your life. Just like winning the lottery could change your life. So it's not that it's a means to an end to meet with people, but it's just this really beautiful thing. Like you never know how someone's going to impact and change your life. What LinkedIn's tagline is, what we talk about is connect to opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about how exciting it is to connect with people and engage with people on the platform, that's, that's how we want you to feel. You know, we We recognize that when our members come on, you can change your career. You can change, you can, you can meet people that you never would have met before. You can read content coming from people, business leaders that you never would have had access to before. And then you can take those connections and those conversations and you can turn them into offline relationships and uh, and run sort of business opportunities that way as well there's lots of people that I've reached out and sent an email to on LinkedIn said hey I think uh, your career path looks really interesting or this business that you're working on looks really interesting I'd love to grab a coffee with you and chat more about it and people will respond and they will meet you and then suddenly it's you know five ten years later and you've known that person the whole time so it's great for people that are building up their career and wanting to meet people and have those experiences to build their business or build their career. Also, great for people that are just graduating and coming out of school, they don't know anybody, they can go and start making those connections and then see where that takes them.
0: Now, something you just mentioned that we're using uh, both at Phoenix Group uh, with clients, but also I use uh, personally just reaching out to people is in mail. And it's pretty sweet actually because it's not. Uh, it's, it's, it's so different than email in the sense that you don't get a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys protect that to a certain degree, don't you? Or, we well. do.
2: I'm impressed. <laughs> this is good. I've always been really impressed actually with, uh, with Phoenix group and the level of knowledge you guys have around what we offer at LinkedIn and what's, uh, what's valuable. Um, in mm-hmm. is, so I guess to take one step back, you know, LinkedIn has been really protective of our members Always. So we've got a, a, a really, really strong North Star at LinkedIn uh, of members first. And so all of the decisions that we make as a company uh, commercially are always um, guiding back to that members first principle. So, um, you know, this is a reason why our platform isn't what you would consider a really cluttered ad environment. Um, it's why a lot of decisions are made around UX, so, um, you know, user experience and then when it does come to our advertising products something like an in mail has a, uh, a 60 day frequency cap on it so a member can only receive one sponsored email from a company every 60 days wow. um, and so what's so great about that product is it's not necessarily what's going to drive a ton of traffic to a website our sponsored content is what does that you know it's purchased on a cost per click. Um, But with the in-mail, it's a great uh, opportunity to get into your target audience's inbox. It isn't cluttered, so they're going to notice it. So there's a great awareness play there. And it's also kind of cool to maybe block out some competing messages. So you know that if you win an auction and you send that in-mail to a member of your target audience, nobody else for 60 days can send an in-mail. Not you and not any of your competitors. So it's a pretty cool product that way. Oh,
0: that's neat. I never thought of it from a blocking point of view. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. uh,
1: you uh, talked about your work uh, with government clients and how things have evolved over the past couple of years. Um, can you talk a little bit more around how the government uh, uses LinkedIn and the value that it provides uh, for uh, those type of bodies?
2: Oh, thanks for that question. You know that I get so passionate talking about this. <laughs> Um, it's, it's interesting because the evolution that I've seen with the government has really come over the last like six months. Um, you know, for the longest time, it was just like you can put messaging on LinkedIn unrelated to recruitment and hiring uh, and it will do phenomenal. And for the longest time, that was kind of me like really feeling in my heart that it would. And I didn't have a ton of examples to pull from. You know, uh, in the past, government would buy display banners from us. Um, and the, the need to, uh, start using our core products like sponsor content and sponsored in mail was that you had to have a company page on LinkedIn. You know, you could throw up a display banner and have that run and you didn't really need to invest or partner with our platform. You could just do the buy and run it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, when I came in and saw, okay, the, the news feed is where our members are spending their time, especially on mobile. So our, the, over 70% of our traffic is accessing our mobile app every month and they're, they're in the news feed. Like that's what they're doing. So for government to get their messaging in front of Canadians or in front of their, their provincial citizens, they needed to get in that news feed. Well, in order to do that, they have to have a company page. So a lot of the groundwork that I did in the early days was like, let's get you set up with a company page. It's free. Um, but for government, you have to go through the approval process of getting all the content on that company page approved. Once you get there, you can start posting organically you can start to develop a bit of a community that way. So anything that you're gonna post on your company page will appear in the newsfeed of your followers. But we all know that it's like a pay to play kind of environment. So from there, you start to get into sponsor content. And that's really the core of our business, you know. At least 65% of uh, budgets are going towards sponsor content with us, and the remainder mostly going towards sponsored email. So government is using sponsored content to talk to citizens, you know, update them on new regulation, on- on um, new laws that are being passed, tax season's coming up. So the CRA, for example, Canada Revenue Agency is running campaigns, uh, teaching people certain things about filing taxes, helping salespeople, business development people understand what you can claim, what you shouldn't be claiming. Um, We do a lot of uh, public consultations. So in Ontario, we did a budget talks campaign, um, tell the Ontario government how we should spend the budget. We did a great um, red tape, what was called a red tape challenge campaign. So how can different ministries help different industries uh, in Ontario cut red tape and make their business more innovative and, and whatnot? And what's cool, I guess the last thing I'll say on that is, again, what's cool is when it was run on LinkedIn versus running on other social channels the quality of the submissions that are coming through on LinkedIn is much, much higher than the other social platforms. And again, it goes back to that mindset. When I'm on Facebook at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I kind of want to see those cat videos and I kind of want to turn my brain off. I've had a long day at work. I want to turn my, my brain off and just sort of veg out I know when I log on on LinkedIn, whatever time of day that is, I know that it's going to be more serious in nature. So that's where I want to have conversations around what we should do from a budgeting perspective or what the government can do to help my business uh, succeed.
0: Is there an answer to the question, what kind of content uh, is popular or what kind of content people are looking for?
2: We, have, we can run like insights and data on, hey, if this is your target audience, typically this is the type of content we're seeing they engage most with. Um, but what's interesting is a lot of it is that sort of spaghetti test, like throwing it mm-hmm. at the wall and seeing what works. I um, was working on a campaign with Health Canada, for example, and Health Canada is just like, you know, like at flu season, for example, like we want to reach that sort of consumer and and the mom and, and whatnot, and make sure that, that they are getting flu shots. And my, my conversation back with them was, well, let's look at that in a few different angles. You know, one, everybody that's on LinkedIn, yeah, they're a professional, but they are also a consumer. Like you guys, we're sitting here right now, we're at work, but we care about whether or not we're, we're healthy and, and whether or not we should get a flu shot or our mm-hmm. kids should get flu shots. Um, the other thing too is like, Think of the impact that uh, employees getting sick have on a business. So talking to that business community and reaching out to them and saying like, hey, we can set up free flu shot clinics or, or whatnot. And, and these are the reasons why you should encourage your employees to get a flu shot. Um, there's a huge benefit to that too. So it's about, like, it's about helping people just sort of expand their mind as to what's possible and then trying it out, <clears throat> excuse me, trying it out and seeing what happens we ran the campaign and it absolutely crushed performance. So
1: that's a really good point around, um, uh, I think the subtext of what you're saying there is the context of LinkedIn, which is the business uh, content. And so uh, content around how uh, a flu shot will affect Sick days at work, productivity, uh, all other types of health expenses related to your work, uh, versus content on Facebook may be uh, more fluffy around your children. And, you know, it's all the same thing, all driving people to get, um, uh, take care of their health. Um, but uh, the context of uh, LinkedIn and the audience there has to always be taken into consideration. And, um, you know, that's another thing that I, I've I valued about the LinkedIn traffic. When we've ran, um, Campaigns with sponsored content and um, uh, in-mails with uh, our government clients. You know the the quality of traffic um, that we get from LinkedIn to our properties uh, is generally quite high, and the behaviors that people take and the investigation they take when we bring them from LinkedIn to our properties uh, is is quite good, meaning they consume more content on our sites, uh, they spend more time on our sites, uh, and they engage with us uh, more uh, than some other properties. So, you know, there's there's the right audience and then getting them to take the right action. And that full circle uh, approach uh, is something, is a piece of value that LinkedIn has uh, been able to deliver on uh, uh, for us, which we have found, and our government clients have found uh, quite um, rewarding.
2: Oh, I appreciate you saying that, yeah. and. It's you know it's almost like to get our members to click through to your site. It's a little more like you, you might not get that same volume that you're going to get on another mass site, um, but when they actually do click through, uh, they're more sort of serious about going to the website or, or going and, and researching what it is that you put in front of them. What's exciting is in the past we've sort of touted that and said that and felt confident about that. Uh, and had wonderful partners like you guys sort of support that as well. Um, But what we're finally able to do now this year in 2017 moving forward is we're finally able able to truly track that. So we did um, release conversion tracking near the end of 2016. We all laughed and we literally all laugh internally at how great like 10 years later we're catching up (laughs) to the rest of the industry. Better late than ever.
1: (laughs) Better (laughs) late than
2: never. We're there now. Um, And so what's really cool is that we can now start proving that out. And our clients who are implementing conversion tracking – are giving us all sorts of great data to to sort of prove what we've known all along to be the case. Um, More challenging with government because in order to track conversions, you need Uh to place a pixel um, and and government doesn't allow, most government groups don't allow um, uh, pixels being placed. So that's something that I look forward to seeing change over hopefully the next 12 or 24 months, um, getting to the point with government where we can start to prove that value and that ROI as well.
0: So I assume that although your, your, or your clients are government that you're also looking at, you, you know, you, you have your eye on LinkedIn and see what's happening. What, what are some quick wins or what are some things people can do or what are companies not doing that they should really be looking at to uh, be more effective there?
2: Yeah, and I, I will. I will admit, I actually also lead all the consulting business for our company. <laughs> I just don't talk about it, um, and I should. I love my consulting clients, but um, you know they've been working with us for quite some time, and so the the real sort of like gap is with the government side, mm-hmm. which is why I think I put so much energy there. Um, but getting to work on our consulting business really helps me. Um, are there are sort of, you know, very, very obvious fit, um, and they've been doing it well for a long time. So I pull a lot of best practices, you know, from KPMG, from PwC, Deloitte, and that sort of thing. Um, I think across the board, what is interesting on LinkedIn, regardless of the vertical, um, or the category is I really look at it as sort of like a, if you do A plus B, you will get C, which I don't think in in business or life we encounter that s- super often. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's interesting is it's really just about doing the basics and you'll see the results. So I have a lot of clients that'll come to me and my colleagues have a lot of clients that'll come and they'll be like, we want to do something really innovative. We want to do something that's never been done before. You know, help us come up with this huge idea and we'll put a million or $2 million behind it and like, let's go. And we'll always sit there every time and we'll be like, you know what? You, you just don't even need to do that. Like that's not our platform. I understand that that's going to work on other marketing channels, but that's not what's going to resonate on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, it is about getting the basics down. If you do A plus C, you know, 99% of the time you'll get C, or A plus B, you'll get C. And so really what that comes down to is getting your targeting right, getting your creative right. And then your bidding and and budgets. Yeah, Yeah. those are A and B. The bidding and budgets are easy because the bidding and budgets really stem out of your target. But A is your targeting, B is your creative or your content, and you will get the results through C if you can get those things right.
1: And that's one of the um, things that I think as an agency we have valued uh, from LinkedIn is that uh, collaboration on... Uh, Are targeting and what's working, and creative, and that back and forth on how do we optimize our campaigns to get best results um, because it's not just about engagement, it's not just about clicks, and it's not just about conversions. It's about everything uh, tied together. It's about an ecosystem. And so when Phoenix Group works with LinkedIn, uh, we really value the uh, back and forth and the access to the resources at LinkedIn to, to help us understand how we can make our content better, how we can make our targeting better. There's lots of, in. this is the Wild West of digital marketing. Everything is spaghetti at the wall (laughs) and nobody has all the answers and everything constantly surprises us online so uh, you know having a team uh, internally here at Phoenix Group and with our uh, partners uh, such as LinkedIn to be able to test and figure out and hypothesize and adapt very quickly uh, is something that ultimately benefits our clients, ultimately makes our campaigns uh, a success and ultimately makes everybody uh, in the scenario a winner including our vendors and our internal teams and, and our clients.
2: Yeah, if, and if I could just jump in there quickly, you know, I was just talking to my boss on the phone before uh, this meeting, and, and we were talking about, you know, what, what are the best-in-class ways of of working with clients and with agencies? And what we have found is... Collaboration is the key. So I was telling her, you know, I'm here today in Regina, um, spending a couple days all through Phoenix Group, and we're meeting with the client at certain points. We're having just agency vendor uh, meetings at, at certain points. I know you guys are gonna have some client agency only meetings at certain points throughout the day as well. Um, but there's so much value in that. You know, when everyone can just sort of come to the table and we understand that from a media planning perspective and a creative perspective um, on, on sort of that larger scale or bigger picture, you guys are the are the experts there. You understand that when it comes to running campaigns on LinkedIn, we're the experts. You know, we're doing this every single day. We are, to your point, we're seeing all these different clients and campaigns. And then we know that the client themselves, when it comes to their business, their objectives, um, and what's worked and what hasn't worked etc they're the experts so when we can all come together and sort of just like put down our walls and put down our guards and put that out on the table and work together we can achieve great things and and I know Kev I was talking to you a couple days ago about some of these really great relationships that we have you know the government of Canada and their agency um, fantastic uh, working relationship that we have with them same thing some of the crown corporations that I work on their agency is fantastic you guys here in, uh, in Regina for the Saskatchewan government absolutely amazing and that's where we see so much success Um, you know I used to work at the score early in my career and I so the score was like a niche sports sports network for anyone who isn't a big sports fan um, and they've now, they got purchased by Rogers. But I remember coming in on the sales team and, you know, sales and, and production always had butted heads, right? And mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, uh, creative and sales or creative and account service, there's, there's times where there's like butting of heads and, and the salespeople typically like to tell the creative or production people what they have to do because this is how <laughs> we're going to get the dollars, right? Yeah. And I remember coming into that environment and what they taught me right away was the model there in that business is that everything is done collaboratively. So even during, you know, um, coming up with pitches, we'd get an RFP from a client. We'd then sit down as a team, production and sales would sit down and the creative team, which was part of production. We would sit down and map out the solution or the the pitch together and everybody would buy in. And of course there's going to be, you know, debate and whatnot that happens during a meeting like that. But what ultimately gets presented to the client is like a collaborative, cohesive solution and there's buy-in from everybody. And I know I'll like take that into everything that I do for the rest of my career that that's the winning model because that's where everyone can succeed.
0: I'm pretty sure they stole that model from us pretty
1: much. <laughs> I,
0: I, I like your thinking, David, I really, I really do. Think... Well, no, it is the way we think, but, um, so I have a question cause we talked about, uh, big, big governments and big clients is LinkedIn, uh, at all a self-serve place or do I need, do like how, if I'm a business, do I have to go to Phoenix group? Can I do this on my own? Can I consult with you guys directly or how does that work? What's the, what's the threshold there?
2: You know, it's funny is, is legitimately for the those people listening in the podcast right now, we did not prep for this at all. Like we didn't, we're just like, okay, we're here. We've got a of meetings. Let's do this. But all the questions that you're asking are just like teeing up their music to my ears. Yeah. So thank you. You're a true pro Dave. So, um, our, we do have a self-serve, um, option, very similar to Facebook, right? So again, mm-hmm. if you're comfortable using Facebook's platform, ours is, uh, similar. In fact, I've had some, uh, partners say that it's easier. Kevin, nudge, nudge. You might, you might have said something like that along the way. Um, but uh, and so this is this is certainly an option. Um, what's so great about our self-serve solution is that that is something that's evolved a lot for us over the past, I'd say, six to twelve months as well. So for any marketers that are on the line and for for you guys and your experience, um, typically, traditionally, historically, when people thought of uh, LinkedIn self-serve platform, this was us basically just like. If you don't have $10,000 here in Canada um, minimum spend with us to work with our account service team, you can go set it up on self-serve. We're not going to look at it. We're not going to help you. You have to pay through a credit card um, if you have any questions like, sorry, we don't have time for you. was kind of the feeling that the industry got, um, you know, at least on my side, when I started at the company, it was more like we literally did not have access to look at the campaigns. And so as much as I would want to help a client um, or, you know, someone I have a good relationship with, I, I actually could not. Um, So what has happened now, as we've understood that we want to make it easier for for people to work with us, is... Clients now, one can can apply for invoicing on self-serve. So if you've spent uh, consecutively for two months, if you've spent $3,000 or your agency has spent $3,000, you can apply for self-serve and get approved, which is uh, uh, invoicing, sorry, and get approved, which is great. Mm -hmm. You know, who wants to be putting campaigns, other than some small business owner, who wants to be putting campaigns on a credit card? Well,
0: that's better than Facebook already.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, good. (laughs) And we haven't even gotten to the good part yet. Okay. (laughs) and then uh, the second part now is is my team has full access to campaigns. Um, so you know if you do set something up on the self serve platform, we are there to go in. We have a, a sort of service model that we've set up, understanding that we're not going to be delivering full reporting and we're not going to be meeting on your campaigns every single week as a team. But what we are going to do is we're going to go in, we're going to look at the targeting, we're going to look at the creative, look at the but, uh, budgets and bidding, and give you our feedback.
0: Oh, that's a nice value add. Yeah,
2: it's amazing. And then along the way, you know, if, if this is something that you're you're testing for the first time or you're really, really focused on making sure that it's going to drive results and you're implementing those changes that we've recommended, we will continue to, to support and hop in. And so... It's gone to the point now where I'd actually say about half of my clients that I've been working with for the past two years are now booking through us through an I.O., an insertion order, uh, and and half of them are now booking through self-serve. And we've just figured out, like, what's the model that works for you? If you need the flexibility of, like, uh, you've got a smaller budget or you need something to start right away or you don't know exactly when creative is going to be ready um, or when approvals are going to come through from the client, you're a better candidate to run things on self-serve, but we're going to be there to help you. If you've, you're very structured, you've got a ton of content, you've got your content calendar mapped out, you want that reporting support and that, that regular uh, touch, uh, touch points from our account service team, you book through an I.O. with us. So it's a really, really great option to have choice.
0: Well, Kevin's looking at his watch and I know he's got to take, uh, take you to some places. So I have, uh, just, I have one big question for you though. And it's more, maybe you could help me out because, um, I do love networking on LinkedIn, but what do I do with all these real estate agents that keep wanting to friend oh. me or, or connect with me? Like, wh- I'm not, I'm honestly not sure what to do because it's like, well, okay, I, I get you probably want to grow your network. So for some reason, I don't know why, but what should I do? Mm, good question.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's a very common question. So my answer, uh, did you want to say something else? Yeah, then? I just
1: want to add to that. Um, if you are using LinkedIn uh, to uh, build your network, uh, what are some good approaches into um, the requests uh, to enter into somebody's network?
2: Okay, cool. So let's, let's treat those two separate. So one, should you accept everyone that's requesting you? So if that's the side you're on, you're being requested. And then two, the other side is if you're the requester, um, what's the best practice there? So first side of things, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caution that my answer is discretionary. So sure. this is my personal opinion. Yeah. And most of my colleagues at, at LinkedIn have this, a similar opinion. But I want to caution that it is just an opinion. It's, you know, you don't have to, it's not the holy grail. So I advise that you add people who you know and you accept people who you know. Um, there are going to be times that people are going to reach out that you don't know, but there is a, there is an obvious business fit. So for example, if somebody at the, uh, Canadian government reaches out to me or even somebody in government of Saskatchewan, I see they're in a marketing type role or a digital role and we've never met, but they have a connection request, I'm probably going to accept them. I go a step further than to send them a note and say, Hey, I don't think we've met. Um, thanks for the connection request anything you want to chat about or, you know, I'd love to chat with you. So, so making that, that, um, outreach. I think one of the biggest reasons why you want to be selective about who you um, accept on the the network is you do want to control that news feed. So what'll happen is if you're, you know, accepting people from halfway across the world that you've never heard of and they're a real estate agent or they're whatever they say they are, um, you might start to find those cat videos or cat memes in your news feed that aren't overly appropriate for LinkedIn. And so you do want to make sure that you're um, controlling the content that you're going to see because whoever you accept into your network, you're going to start seeing what they like, comment, and share. And so, you know, if you don't want to see polls or quizzes or memes or whatever and you see that there's certain people that you've never met before that are posting like that, that's, that's sort of rationale right there. Why not to choose them? I also um, really value my network. So just like you, Dave, I'm super passionate about networking, like in my personal life and my professional life. And I want to make sure that everybody that's on my LinkedIn uh, network is somebody that I actually know. They're truly a first degree connection. Makes my network more valuable to my contacts. If you look and see that I'm connected to somebody um, you can feel pretty confident if you'd like to meet them or you want to ask me for an introduction to them that I know them well and I can reach out and get that. Oh,
0: that's a really good point. Cause I've had that happen before where someone has contacted me and said, Hey, I see, you know, John on, uh, can you tell me about this? And I'm like, uh, I don't actually know him, but yeah.
2: Right. So less valuable. <laughs> yeah, like you're yeah. like, how much cooler would it be to say to that person? Like, absolutely. You know, John and I met at this event and we've kept in touch for the past couple years and I would love to make an intro into him. Yeah. Yes, that makes complete sense. I think you two need to meet each other. So now when you're um, sending a connection request to people, you know, if it's somebody that you know really, really well, um, you know, I could leave here today. David, you and I just met and I could just qu- th- throw you a quick connection request, right? We've got that recency. If I really wanted to be like a go-getter, I could send a little, you know, message saying, hey, super fun podcast. Thanks for having me. Let's connect on LinkedIn. I'll expect that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be like top-notch, top of your game. If you're sending a connection to somebody that you met at a conference and maybe they met like a bunch of people that day um, or it's somebody that you've never met before, I strongly recommend that you customize your invite. Um, So just because you haven't met someone in person doesn't mean you shouldn't reach out to them, but tell them why, you know, shoot them a quick message. Hey, you know, I see that you've been at Phoenix group working in creative for a long time and I love your work and I would love to learn more about your approach let's connect, or I'd love to follow what you're posting on LinkedIn because you really seem like you're an expert in this area. Let's connect. Mm -hmm. Um, and then same thing, if you met them at a conference, like point out something that would make them remember you and why you, you should connect. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Um, and, and I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us today. How can people connect with you?
2: Thanks guys. Yeah. Well, you can go to LinkedIn. Uh, Jennifer Urbanski is my name and it's pretty easy to find given that unique last name. I have a ton of long form posts that I've posted there too, that are great resources to scale out a lot of the conversation we've had today. So whether you're a member wanting to figure out how to use LinkedIn better and build up your professional brand and network more, I've got long form posts on that. If you're a marketer and you want to learn how your company can advertise with LinkedIn, I've got posts on that. If you're a new grad and you want to learn about all the things I've learned in my career so far and (laughs) learn from my mistakes, there's long form posts on that. So
1: great. Well, we appreciate you sharing your time. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And I hope we have fun in uh, Regina. We are a lovely city. It's
2: beautiful here. I saw the the legislative buildings yesterday and I was blown away. It's a beautiful city. So I'll have to come back in the summer when it's not so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Thanks for coming on.
0: There you have it. That's the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can subscribe on iTunes so you don't ever miss lessons learned in marketing. Talk to you next week.